Blog Talk Radio.
we have the count here. We have Celie K, and we have DS. I, I didn't know how DS. Dawn, how do you Deal. pronounce your last name? Deal. Deal. Okay. Oh, well, that was easy enough. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was looking for something harder. Okay. All right. And Celie, uh, Celie K, and Elizabeth Black, who uh, Elizabeth and I do shows together a lot. So hi, everybody. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> okay. Happy early Halloween. <laughs> We're here. And uh, so, so I'll let everybody talk about a little bit about who they are, and then we'll just get into having some fun. Elizabeth, why don't you go first? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm Elizabeth Black, and I, you know I'm your co-host. And um, I'm also I write erotic romance and uh, dark fiction and horror. And I have a couple have couple couple of new books out. And one of the main one is Happily Ever After: Twisted Versions of Your Favorite Fairy Tales, which is obviously erotic and well, could be horror to some extent. And also, I'm in the horror zines book of ghost stories, and my my story, The Storm, is in there, and that includes stories by Bentley Little, Joe Lansdale, Elizabeth Massey, and more. And oh, I'm very great. proud of these two books. Yeah, it's great. And uh, so, I, you know, you're you're very good at promoting. I mean, you are, you know, and I, you know, and you join all these little groups, and you're very. That's important. I don't do that, and I I am in the groups, but I don't do anything in the groups. And I think I have mm-hmm. to start doing that. You know, it is hard. It takes a lot of work to do all of that, you know. Um, and so you you always bring, I mean, she really brings a lot of people to the show that have always been great. So, Asili, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a former attorney and journalist turned romance writer. Um, and that's a- <laughs> I, I write about lawyers in love with the dash of kink. Okay, that's good. Um, I like that. <laughs> How's that for a tagline? That's, um, that's a good I one. Have, that works. That works really well. I'm so happy that the count is here today because my well, next book, which I don't have a release date for, but is in the works, um, is about a lawyer who's also a vampire. Uh-oh. And he's, tar- <laughs> he's targeted by a serial killer who is, who is basically uh, killing lawyers. And uh, the mm-hmm. vampires don't die. Yeah. So the, this is my first attempt at a rom-com. We'll see, yes. see how it flies. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. All right, Dawn? Yeah, my name is Dawn Deal. Um, I run under DS Deal, and I, I actually go by DS because my youngest son informed me that Dawn Deal sounded like a stripper name. And that really wasn't the image I was going for. Um, like, like, um, like other people, I write erotic romance, um, and I kind of fell into that um, because I was dared, essentially, to to write erotic romance, um, oh. and mostly. <laughs> Yeah, and I, you took the I dare. Really you took it. You took it. I, I did. I'm one of these people that if you dare me to do something, I'm probably going to do it. Oh. Um, I, <laughs> I write um, quite a bit of paranormal. I have a series out about Irish gods, um, some contemporary, and I have a release coming out on the 30th that is um, a short story that's my take on Southern Gothic. So. I'm pretty that excited good. about that. Inter- you got a lot going on. All right. And the count. Go ahead. Tell everybody who you are and what you do. Not every day what you do, but what you do. Okay. <laughs> I am the count. Gordon. I don't know what that. I'm going to. I'm going to. So I'm not going to roll my R's all afternoon. My name is Dick Dizel. I'm an actor who part- who owns and portrays the character Count Gordon who started as hosting horror movies on Channel 20 Television in Washington D.C. And then in 1998, I took the character and the show to the internet to become the first horror host on the internet. And I've been doing that ever since. Ever been, you know. So uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, we do, again, we do the convention thing, and, and I, my take on vampires is very simply along the Bela Lugosi, uh, rather than a Nosferatu line, uh, I think uh, de- vampires should be debonair, suave, sexy, uh, not, you know, they, 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 they may suck blood, uh, but they do it in a very um, sensuous way, so... <laughs> there you go. Well, that's why you're yeah. on the show. Do you have any questions you'd like to la- ask the ladies? 
Yes, I want to start off with this one because it's very important to me. Uh, And I I, I kind of mentioned before we started that I'm I'm kind of in awe because I've never really been successful at writing. Uh, but I've been, I, I, I can tell a good story by vocally, but I can't write it. So anyway, so here's, here's the question. When I was starting out in the, in the, in the business of, of portraying the Count, I, I always want to know who my audience is. Who am, I, who am I going after? So one day I went up to my program director who had the rating book there and the demographics and all that, and I said, Jim, who is my audience? Who am I aiming at? And he kicked back took a drag on a cigarette, looked at me and said, your audience is half female and half stoned. At which point I said, oh, I can deal with this. You know, that's easy. This is the 70s. Come on. So my, my thing, my question to each of the ladies is, when, when you write your, your, your works of fiction, uh, when you write these, how do you envision your audience? Do you envision your audience? And if so, how do you get to that point? So that, that's the question. Oh, that's a good one. All right, who wants to go first? Seely? I'll go first. Okay. I, I write about people who like what I like. I mean, I write <laughs> to people who like what I like. Um, middle-aged women who are looking for a little romance and a little kink in their lives. <laughs> All right. Well, that that's a good answer. I, well, well, but, you know, it isn't that easy. You know, we should say this. The truth is, it is not that easy to do this. You know, I mean... No. People think it's easy. You just write sex scenes, but that's not true. It's hard. You know, I think it's no. very hard. Oh, yeah. It's you know, hard. yeah. And especially when it doesn't come always natural to people, you know. Uh, so I think, you know, that's one of the things which is true. It's Sometimes it does take a little work to figure out, you know, how to do, you know, what your audience is and what will be too much. Elizabeth, why don't you go in and, and add in something? Okay. Um my Nothing is too much for different. you. Nothing is too much. You've done a lot of stuff. My audience, well, for the romances and the erotica, I'm aiming for young to middle-aged women and even women over 50. Because I have written some uh, characters that are over 50 years old. And I, I, like, I like writing a whole variety of different types of characters, not the usual, the formulaic kind of stuff. And um, as far as well, I also write horror too. And with that, it's uh, it's it's kind of evenly divided between men and women. And so there are a lot of women that like horror, and there's a there's a lot of romantic horror out there too. I mean, you know, one good example is the movie Ghost, which is you know a wonderful movie. Oh yeah, and that's, See, but, but uh, that's, I, that's pretty much but, where I go. Yeah. So is, are you saying that like you think it, well, Ghost is not really a horror movie though, right? I mean, it's yeah, not yeah, horror. It's just. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's, you know, but mm-hmm. see, that's the thing. See, that's what we talked about this the other day uh, on the show with Mark Lukens. We were talking about the fact of labeling a book, having to label mm-hmm. like a horror story when it may be it's just has a ghost in it or whatever. It's not, yeah. you know, it, it's not everybody's going to cut your throat like in Saw, you know, or things like that, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think that's what. I think a lot of people have issues with they go like, oh, I, you know, that's why you know even when I'm doing the shows where I put it on writing sexy stories, I don't if I put erotica in or if I put like horror people, I, I try to not to do it, but sometimes I think it's important to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I wrote sexy stories because we used to write it when I had shows erotic and that worked out really well, but now you know, sometimes people get turned off, but we're all authors. Like like what you said, the count, you know, what you said is true, is we're authors. But I think that people label people so much that the, they turn themselves off to something that yeah. they might enjoy reading. Mm-hmm. Well, like mm-hmm. one example, one example of my book, Happily Ever After, Twisted Versions of Your Favorite Fairy Tales, I was very reluctant to use the word erotic because Amazon would take that and hide the book. Because they, mm-hmm. they, that's what they do yeah. with with erotic books. So you have yeah. to get very creative with your covers, very creative with your your titles, and uh, your blurbs, so that you you don't end up getting spanked by Amazon. So you know there's yeah. there's that business to deal with too. Yeah. When, when it comes uh, yeah, to yeah. You know, well, naming your genre. Yeah. Does anybody anybody else have a comment on this? Before well, like like Celia. It, it honestly started for me um, in, in a former life. I was a teacher, and um, I was teaching Dante's Inferno for uh, probably the 20th time, and something inside my head said, well, this would be better with sex. 
and mm-hmm. um and that's actually kind of where my novel came from and and so I think we write like Celie said what sort of what we know so her books are um she's got these fantastic author or um liar characters uh, where mine tend to be more literary based because that's sort of where my heart is and so if you read, if you're a, an English person, if you really like an English person, there's sort of Easter eggs hidden throughout. And, and I think um, my target audience, like Celia said, is, is myself first. And then, you know, people who think yeah. like I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I know sometimes I write stories that just make me cry. I mean, yeah. I'm oh. writing them and I'm bawling away. And I'm thinking, yeah. God, I hope the, uh, people who read this book get the same reaction. Well, no, it's yeah, emotion is, when emotion is I'll good. I'll be laughing, yeah. I'll be crying, you know, I'll be doing all those emotions when I'm writing. And I keep thinking, I hope people get this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you aim for that. Like one of the best comments I ever got was, um, uh, actually it was a former student who read something of mine, and she just said, I am so messed up right now by the end of your book. And I was like, is this good or bad? Mm-hmm. She goes, no, it's fantastic. And, oh, and you, know, you live yeah. for those for those moments. Um, yeah. So. Cause, yeah, because you don't know. I mean, it, the truth is, you don't really always know who your audience is. You know, and uh, because, like, you ask the question of of the audience. Because sometimes, you know, I think it's a little better now. But years ago, people didn't want to say they were reading anything erotic at all. You know, they wouldn't admit mm-hmm. to it. You know, and mm-hmm. so I think that the audience, you know, uh, is open much more than it was. Unfortunately, Amazon tends to put the erotic authors down at the bottom of the list, and they have a lot of trouble getting up the, of the list once they get to the bottom. If they if they put erotic the first time, I think that they label it, then it doesn't go anywhere else. Uh, Elizabeth, do you have anything to say about that? Because I think we've talked about this before. Um. Yeah, I'd say that, well, yeah, like Amazon does tend to do that kind of stuff and it's not just amazon i mean facebook is is doing the same sort of thing and that we have to find a way of getting around it and it constantly changes because the algorithm that algorithm constantly change so i mean what do you do <laughs> right right what do you do you just keep writing i mean that's really what it is mm-hmm. you know and so i think if we're talking about how you know all our audience some of us don't know actually who they are and we like them to give reviews and you know and say Mm -hmm. things but unfortunately a lot of people don't and if they do now they're taking them off so a lot of people don't want to even bother putting reviews because amazon keeps taking it off of everybody's you Mm -hmm. know um, oh yeah of their page and so that doesn't do anybody any good you know so um the count. So, Dick, what? So, how do you think about that? I mean, well, this I, I, is—is this what you assumed that we would all be saying? Is there? It's a lot well, different than I'm people hearing, think. What I'm hearing is uh, that there's a lot of of this material aimed at middle-aged women, and what about us poor guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't get hot by reading my books, then you've got a problem. <laughs> actually, you probably actually, sold some I, books I, here. I, You're probably selling books here. <laughs> my whole, my, I'm just so you know, my first series was called Kinky Briefs. It's oh. full of everything you'd that ever want. It it's all about male lawyers. <laughs> actually, that I want to touch back just briefly on that marketing thing that you talked about, the Amazon, Amazon and Facebook and all that. Yep. And it, it really, really, at least at one time, uh, uh, back last century, um, not too far back last century, I, I, you end up with the, I ended up with the same thing just from an actor's standpoint. I was yeah. going to uh, Central Casting in Washington, and I'm, I'm, I'm registering to become, uh, I just got my SAG card, so I was going to, you know, okay, what have you been in? And oh, I had been in a couple of low-budget horror films, and yeah. they would not let me put that down on my resume. They said, no, mm-hmm. if you get that, no. you're never going to get any work, or you get pigeonholed into that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, from what I'm yeah. seeing now is it's different because there is so much material coming out in the uh, horror genre and the supernatural oh, yeah. genre that, that you know, actors could make a very good living just be yeah. nothing more than monsters or creeps or whatever the case. But at one point, that was, a, I mean, I just, I, I had four movies there I couldn't put in my list because, you know, they, oh, we can't, we won't take you. 
But wow. that's really, you know, you're right about that because, like, when I, I was a literary, you know, WGA agent, and I, I had a lot of clients, and we couldn't, you know, they were new. I took new people, so they really weren't, you know, they stopped writing. They didn't want, you know, it takes a lot of work to keep doing this. But one of the things when we called all the production companies, they would say, this is probably 15 years ago, we do not want horror that's for sure. They didn't want to even look, and you're right because they did not even want to look at horror films, and they just said no. They, you know, and no for horror films or no historical dramas, which now are both mm-hmm. of them are really. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of movies made that are historical dramas, and there's a lot of authors that do that as 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 horror, you know. And so that's why some people like when you say dark thriller, because when you look at books in the past, some of the books were very intense and they had a lot of sex scenes, but they were just labeled as drama. They didn't label them as erotic, mm-hmm. even if they had sex scenes. You know, so it, it's really not what people think all the time. You know, when you put well, sex I, in a book, one of the hottest mean. books I ever read was labeled as contemporary sweet Sweet yeah. romance, and I just Sweet. I just about flipped. I mean, I was so sweaty by the time I was done reading that book. I was like, "How does this fall by a sweet romance?" Yeah, if this is sweet, did you find then it? What did, you, did you put that in? <laughs> did you put that in there? Sweet. How did you know it was sweet? Did they say? Did you ask for sweet romance, or did it just came up as romance? Well, I just saw a label, and it, I'm you know sometimes when you look at books. They'll yep. list at the bottom, you know, what categories, yep. what genres they're in. Yeah. And it said yep. sweet romance. Yeah. So I thought, is. okay, yeah. we'll, we'll see what this one's about. And the story yep. sounded kind yep. of interesting, so I thought, why not? Got the shock yep. of my life. Well, I mentioned actually, I, mean, was, I mentioned that a, a few weeks ago because I was reading a story, and it was not in the erotic or anything, and it was in just romance or just drama romance, and it was it was I was listening to. I like audio books for me; it's easier. So to you know, so I'm listening to it, and all of a sudden I'm thinking like, wait a minute. They waited till about 20 minutes in to have like hot sex scenes, okay? And this was definitely hot sex scenes, okay, and it wasn't listed at all. So that's the thing. So readers, you know, as far as getting readers and knowing your audience, sometimes it's really hard because they have a hard time picking books now because if it's labeled that doesn't mean they're getting that book. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, they could be getting something that they're not interested in. Or, or vice, you know, it, it's really it's that's one of the problems. But listen, we're all in this together as authors, you know, and that's what happens, you know. Elizabeth, I know you probably have questions because you always do. I missed you last week with no um, questions. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, um, I, yeah. My one question is, um, of all the subgenres in in romance, which ones haven't you written that you'd like to try? I'll go with either Dawn or Seely. Oh, obviously, since they're the two romance guests here. So. <laughs> I would actually like to try horror. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Just because I've had enough creepy experiences in my life that I think <laughs> something would probably qualify for that. You know, because it's interesting, right? See, and you know what? And it really, you know, I did. I actually, I wrote screenplays. You know, I have like twelve screenplays out there, and I haven't been really marketing them now. But my editor and I, we did a horror screenplay, and that was because I wanted to see, and it was just fine. It's just, it's just another story, you know. And I think that's one of the things you probably would enjoy it. So you should try it then. Yeah, I mean, I'm not one of those people who likes movies where. The the woman is stupid and she goes and does something mm-hmm. that gets her, you know, hung or shot or whatever, <laughs> axed up. And so I that, that's probably why I avoided it because I hate those kind of hooks. So I I need to find yeah. a different hook. Right. So write it from a different aspect. Right. <laughs> they do that right. to the men and the women are okay. The woman's okay. She comes out all right on the deal. Yeah, <laughs> she turns the corner and somebody's not there. It's gonna well, you know, I, did you ever see that? Did you ever yeah. see the series Queen of the South? Queen uh, is Queen of the South. I loved it. It was it's really good. Oh yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, you saw it. You know, sometimes I think to myself, you know, right now they're not really having, you know, it's just like movies, a lot of series on Netflix and all that. But um, I was questioning some of the things I'm, I'm watching. I'm thinking I write sweet romance, I write humorous, you know, romance, or I write, you know, drama, and I write children's. And I'm thinking to myself, the, the shows that I watch on TV, you know, like Ray Donovan, you know, and Queen of the South. And I'm a big, I, I love TV, I love movies and whatever. But 
when you really think about it, I mean, there's so much, you know, besides drama, there's a lot of blood. And it's not a horror. It's sometimes you, they're just killing everybody, you know. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, sometimes, look what I'm watching. I'm thinking like, okay. But, you know, this is what people watch. You know, they really do. Sometimes the nice, sweet story is not what people are actually looking for. They want a little more. You know, it's like if you watch, yeah, yeah. Like Blacklist the, the word is intense, you know. Um, I mean, those are the move, those are the things that do really well, you know, mm-hmm. in the TV market. Which you know, yeah. you know, Homeland, all those did really good because they were based on things. But there was a lot of tough stuff to watch, but still done very well. You know, and the audience is yeah. used for them. Yeah, yeah. I uh, draw the line at helpless women. That that yeah. absolutely drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I will never yeah. write a helpless character. I just can't do it. Right. My women are all strong and kick ass. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they can fight their right. own battles. Yeah, yeah. I, the, I like that. The also. word contemporary. The word contemporary came up a little while ago, and I, I, I want to bring this up because I'm, I'm curious. How contemporary? Because mores have changed, particularly now, with various. I mean. There, there's right now. It seems that everything is available. Do 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 all of our all you authors get into you know your kinky stuff? <laughs> I, I don't know what this. How to put this? How Just put it out there. Think? Just put it out there. We're okay. We can handle it. <laughs> hey, my vampire lawyer is pretty kinky too. Yeah. Yeah. This group well, I'll can you, handle I'll everything. One thing, that, one thing that really threw me the other day, I don't know if you've watched this Emily in Paris. That, yes, that, I do. That I do. I watch it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I, I was just flabbergasted. And, you know, it takes me a while. It takes something dramatic to, to get me upset. I mean, and there, this is just a nice kind of rom-com, you know. This is okay. Yep. This is pleasant, you know. And then... They suddenly throw in for really it, it added nothing to it as far as I could see this sex scene of the two of them masturbating on the phone. And I went, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know what, that's that's it. It wasn't you know I I know what you, I didn't finish the series, but you're right, it didn't fit in it at all. It was a it's the you know it was a Darren Star that's he's that's the that's writer. Like a decision that was made somewhere up the ladder that. We need to have a sex scene here. So we exactly. Can, you didn't need that. You don't, it did not but, even mm-hmm. match at all. It had nothing. Yeah. It, it was absolutely, you're absolutely right about that because it was really ridiculous, actually. And it's a really cute little show. It is cute, sweet. The girl, it's um, t- um, Phil Collins' daughter, you know, and she's very cute. She has cute clothes. It's kind of, you know, it's a very cute little show, contemporary. And you're right, they don't need, that was not, that shouldn't have been in mm-hmm. it. It was ridiculous. You're right, They. I think they just added it in. And that's one of the problems. Sometimes you see stuff now and they go, what did they add that for? They didn't even need it. But that is what they do. Yeah, they're trying well, to be edgy. In a lot of, a lot of the horror movies, they'll start off with, with, with you know, uh, showing some scantily clad young lady up front uh, who's in danger. I mean, that that's always the draw into the beginning. So I, I would, kind of would expect that, but this this made no sense whatsoever. In, yeah, because in light she's a strong girl. Series. She's a very strong, she's got her own personality, she's got her own thoughts. And uh, briefly what she does is she goes to Paris to head the marketing you know, of the of a company, and she's that was so ridiculous because you know it's just about her adventures in Paris, you know, in Paris. So it, it was kind of just I I agree with you. It was not necessary at all. It didn't do anything for the show one way or the other. It just was there. That's I think yeah, but, what you, you know, said. The, they threw the it in. The question you have to ask is when you see a scene like that, ask yourself if they pulled the scene out, would would the show or the book still hold up? And if it does, then yes. the scene yeah. wasn't necessary at all, and it was just tagged in for, for whatever reason. Well, I think it's probably because, you know, Darren Starr, when he did, um, uh, the uh, you know, with Carrie, well, what's the name? I'm trying to think of the name of it now. Sex in the City. Sex in the City. Sex in the in City. In those oh, yeah. years, 
you know, everything was so much more like it was, you know, hold your breath, they did this or that. But now there was nothing. So I think that's what he probably thought when he did this now, to add a little something in this that he might have added years ago, but that didn't fit Mm -hmm. for this. You know, it, it. You know, and Sex in the City was a whole. You know, but this little, this girl's cute and smart. She's very smart, and she does have a powerful quality about her. Dick, wouldn't you think that you say she's she could be powerful if you know, set in the right surrounding. Yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be very honest with you though. I I I find her obnoxious. <laughs> you do? Okay. All right. Well, no. I know what you're. I know what you're saying, but because, but when you have to think about the what people do now, what they do is they just stand in front of their phone and take pictures, and I think that that's yeah. what they're showing because it's going to the audience of the young contemporary woman out there taking a picture of every single thing she does, mm-hmm. and that's that part, you know. And that that probably isn't. I, I guess it's because she's a, a she's a social you know marketing person. Maybe that's why it's in that. But you're right. You're right. You know some of these things. You know, like on Netflix and all of these things. So I mean, I myself, I sit there sometimes and I go, you know, I'm really fussy about what I put out, and I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with me? Look at what goes out, you know, and look what gets successful, and look at what doesn't, you know. And it's purely a chance. It's by chance that somebody is very successful or they get the right amount of PR. Other than that, it's it's nothing that special. Wouldn't you say? I mean, you know, when you're watching TV right. or reading a book, what's so special about a lot of these things that make it? it which luck, which brings I up think. my next question to all of, all of my ladies here, and that <laughs> is, what is your most special book? Tell me what I should go out and read that you wrote. Mm-hmm. All right, Seely. Okay, Seely. My favorite book is called Hope. It's about um, I have a series called Feisty Lawyers, and they're all secret agents, but they're also lawyers. Um, and uh, Hope is their youngest agent. She's 22. She blasts through all the training. She's just a kick-ass agent, and somebody an MI6 agent sets her up. And she gets beaten by an angry mob in in uh, the Middle East, and is left broken. And she's got to put herself back together and come back. It's it's mm. a romance, but it's also a pretty harrowing experience for her. Very empowering because she does come back. Yeah, that's good. Okay, Dawn. Dawn. Wow. Um, oh, I hate this question. No. Um, probably the one. <laughs> I, I didn't ask it. I didn't ask it. <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I love all my babies. Um, I, I would I would say it, it really depends um, on what you're looking for. Um, I think that I, I really do direct a lot of people to my first novel, which is a reworking of Dante's Inferno. But you have to imagine the idea of a, of a pilgrimage um, through nine levels of whatever your desires are. And she's, the, the main character is given this um, pilgrimage as a gift by her fiancé before they get married. She's like, I really want you to do this. This is something I've done. And she starts on this pilgrimage and um, learns a lot about herself but she starts to learn things about him that she's not particularly comfortable with as well, even though he's not sort of an outside agent in that. So really what starts off as a, a novel of your you know, basic sexual discovery ends up being something um, much more dark and complicated by the end of it. Um, yeah, and that's actually almost all my books. It starts one way and ends up being very dark and complicated. <laughs> so I, I think what, what by, by listening, that, yeah. What was the title of that, Dawn? In, Inferno. Inferno. Okay. Yeah. Thank so you. I think I think you're probably very detailed. Are you, Dawn? Yeah, I think so. Um. Yeah, yes, I would be I too many words. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's not what. No, De- that's not what I meant by that. No, De- detail. Look, I am like for myself. I'm not detailed. I'm I'm really a screenwriter who writes books, you know. And so I'm not detailed, you know. And um, I can always tell when people are, you know. And that's really a good thing, 
because a lot of people like details, you know. Um, I think that that's very hard, and people don't realize how hard it is to really describe things in detail. And I think sometimes authors don't do that. And and a lot of times it works just fine. I mean, uh, I don't have a problem writing the way I do, but I know I'm not as detailed. You know, um, that's my, you know, me. I I try to be really specific because um, some of my least favorite authors, like Henry Danes and and Thomas Hardy, can take four pages to get a character across the room. And I never want Mm -hmm. to do that. So I try to cut it to the bone. But... um, you still give enough, you know, and let, yeah. and let the reader do the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth, you didn't, your favorite um, I'd book? I'd have to say, yeah, I'd have to say it would be one of my three uh, fairy tale retellings. And of the three, I would probably say Climbing Her Tower, which is my version of Rapunzel. And uh, my other one is Trouble in Thigh High Boots, which is my version of Puss in Boots. But I, I think I like Climbing Her Tower better. Um and yeah, Rapunzel is a she's a fun character to, to mess with, <laughs> and I mean she <laughs> goes, yeah she she was fun to play with, and and yep. she also gets to meet Cinderella and the handsome prince and the god uh, the fairy godmother who turns out to be a dominatrix, and uh, yeah the, those scenes get to be really really interesting, but um, well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of humor throughout the book. That's a switch there. That's a switch. I know. Yeah. yeah, you know. Uh, see, that's the thing. You know because. For years, we've I've had so many different authors on, and you know, and um, there, you know, there are a lot of, you know, authors that there's a lot of men, you know, that have not been on the show that are authors. I don't know, you know, I've had mostly females on the shows, but I do enjoy mm-hmm. having men on the show when they are authors. Like tomorrow, I'm having, you know, an author with Fran Lewis. I forgot about this to say this, um, Brian Freeman. You know, it's always it's men do have a different way of writing sometimes, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. And a lot of men write women really well, and a lot of men don't, mm-hmm. but a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. You know, even in when you're watching, you know, when people do scripts, you know, um, there's, they really do a good job of it. You know, because it's not that easy. As well, it is always not, you know, for me when I started, it was difficult for me to write uh, cops. It was hard for me to write erotic fiction. Uh, It just wasn't what I was used to. And so I enjoyed learning it, you know. And um, it is a way, it is a different form, you know. And like I said at the beginning, people just think you throw some words together, but that's not true. Erotic is just a way you feel when you're reading it or you enjoy that you know the relationships but it is hard to write it's not easy so marcia what what should i read of yours to get me i thought you were going to forget you? about me i thought you were going to <laughs> <laughs> i kept so i kept talking <laughs> all right all right well anyway all right uh, in my I skip around with genres. Um, I think one of my favorite books was Grand Central Station, and that's a comedy. Uh, the The problem that I had with that book was uh, my title. It worked as a screenplay, but not as, you know, that's why I wanted to change it, but I decided not to change it because I would still be calling it Grand Central Station whether I changed it or not. So I thought, oh, I'll just leave it there. But I think that's a cute romantic comedy. And my character, Virginia Templeton, is a different form. She's um, erotic, and she's very powerful and strong, and I really did enjoy writing her. And I haven't written her in about five years, but I think I will come back with more stories because she is always in my mind. And I, for me, if I want to write her, I like look at someone like Joan Crawford, and I go, this is a tough woman, a powerhouse. And that makes, I watch mm-hmm. those old movies sometimes because I watch Joan, <laughs> I love her, Joan Crawford, mm-hmm. and she just is so powerful. So I think characters like that, and if people think, they don't realize some of the old movies, they really have powerful women in it. They're oh, very yeah. strong. They have good yeah. roles. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I think people don't realize that even if women didn't feel like they had power, but they did in Hollywood as far as their acting careers, because they had power roles. Not that, they, and they had a tough time naturally, but their roles were good. And there's a lot of screenwriters and directors that were women in those years. And they don't even talk about mm-hmm. that. There's a lot. You know, we had a, several years of, well, there weren't as many. But in the older films, there, there are women that are directing it. 
TCM is doing a series called Women Direct Women, and it's really reviving quite a few of those. Yeah. I don't know if anybody watched uh, Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> that those, it's a, you know, <laughs> has anybody watched? Yes. It. Okay. Anybody have anything to say mm-hmm. about Nurse? I think it. You know, it was. It's very intense, but I kept watching it. <laughs> I just yeah. thought the characters were really good, and I thought, oh, because this is taken from Cuckoo's Nest. I thought, oh, right, but Michael Douglas, he was one of the producers, so he had to approve that. So it went. It went further on from the Cuckoo's Nest, but. It, I thought the acting was really good. Oh yeah. Anybody else? No, yeah. 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 Dick, did you watch that yet? Did Dick? Did you see that Nurse Ratchet? Uh, no, I didn't. I'll be very honest with you. Uh, when I, uh, it, it's reminded me too much of um, oh, what was it? Uh, American Horror American Story. American Horror Story. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and and you yeah. know, I basically I watched that whole series, and I'm I've kind of burned out of it already. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, so I, I there's so but much. But the acting, then, you know, not as a, much for the story as the acting. Like Judy Davis was in it. Oh, I yeah. mean, they were they're really good characters. You know, they're good. Yeah, I I just uh, you know there's so like I said there's so much coming down. And you, you you just I, the other day I was looking for a rom com, believe it or not. Just I wanted something light. Right, because I was having a rough day. <laughs> I wanted to have pleasant dreams, <laughs> and, and I'm going through. I'm going through Netflix and Amazon, and and all I'm seeing are these dark horror uh, things. I'm going, no, 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 no. I end up finding the, uh, you know, some. No wonder old, you found. No wonder you found Emily in Paris. Because that's <laughs> was that on that day? Because that right, you would think. No, you know, actually, I was. It, I was looking forward to that, but uh, you know, it's like no, it's just, it's just. I was. I ended up going with some black and white rom com from forties. I it was like, okay. Yeah. That's what I tend to watch. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Uh, oh, The Princess Bride. That's when it's time to watch that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, you sometimes know, when, when you watch old thing, older things, you know. Sometimes when you watch oh, something, yeah. you know. I did the whole series of Mad Men. I watched it again. And it was so much more interesting the second time around because you actually because you know what happened, but it was it was so because you know when when that was on, it wasn't like a whole series you watched at one time. So there is something different about watching something all the time or watching it. You know, like if you watch it straight through, sometimes you forget some of it. But when you watch it week to week, you know, it is a whole different feeling. You know, and so when I watched, when I, I I was watching it again, I noticed so many different things about, you know, well, Mad Men. They had so many years. I guess there were several years in between where they didn't have shows. So, but it was really good the second time around. You know, the characters. You know, so I mean, some of these older things that they had before a series, the characters are really good. You know, they're so well written. You know, mm-hmm. it takes time to write good characters. You know, not just throw them out there. I think, you know, just my my opinion on that. You know, characters. You know. Well, my uh, stories tend to be character driven for that reason. Yeah. I like yeah. good, strong yeah. characters who yeah. actually make sense with the way they react to things. Right, because right, it's real. Right, because people do that. You know, and I think yeah. you know when you have no holes barred, you just get a better character for it. And you know, sometimes it's not easy as authors to just let it go, but if you do, it really works better. You know, and if you don't think of your audience as much, just think of how the story goes, and that pushes it on. You know, because sometimes we get confused. We're talking, we're listening to other things, we're you know, we're trying to get our work marketed right. But in the long run, if you don't write the right story, nothing works. You know, and you really right. can't think of marketing while you're doing a story, even though we do because it happens. Because then we're thinking, well, who's going to read this? But then we, you know, and if you stay in one genre, which I did not, and I think if you stay in one genre, I think it's easier to market yourself. I think it's much more difficult when you have several genres because there's only so many hours in the day to market. And even if you have someone marketing, you know, they don't do what you can do a lot of times. Yeah, you're you're right about that. I mean, because I I write in two different genres, and right now I'm doing more promotions of uh, romance because of the fairy tale book being out. But there's a, I have a horror story in, in, a, in another 
anthology, and I need to promote that one more. Plus, there's uh, Wicked Women that's coming out around November or December, and I have a story in that one. So I'm going to be switching over from from romances when that dies yeah. down some, and then I'll go into horror and then back into romance and back into horror. Yeah. And, and yeah. it goes back and forth, and it gets you really have to keep up on it. It, it, yeah. could, be, it could be really confusing. Dick, any other questions you have there for this women? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I, well, I know, I know when I was listening to on Bennett's on Bennett show, you had all these questions. I'm thinking, like, good, all right, fine. That's okay. It's okay to ask questions. Well, <laughs> I guess the question is how, when you're, when you're writing for the, the, this female audience, how and I, I have to admit I, I'm not familiar with the work, so I'm just going to throw this out there. How do you are are the, are the are, do you have any mature men in there that are not quite the hunk a hot hotty kind of guys that are just going to drive women up the wall and, and, and as part of the uh, part of the mix? Of course, yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. I love a silver fox. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> Men see, of all uh, ages <laughs> are capable of romance. Trust me. How, how, how about the bald, overweight fox? Oh, I haven't written oh, one of yeah, those yet. But I, done those I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, okay, you realize we're now all going. Romance is a state people, of mind. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the two people involved. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, that was, that was happening my, at the time. That was my. That was my next question. Is what's the difference between erotica and romance? Good question. I I don't know. You know Actually, what? I ask that all the time. Go ahead. Go ahead. Answer. Whoever would like to answer that. Erotica is a real. Good. I don't know erotica if you heard me say that. Erotica is real, and the reason I say that is I read too much romance where, you know, there's not a lot of sex, there's not a lot of affection, there's, you know, there's just not a lot of what I think are strong components in a relationship. And I think erotica kind of lets you go, it frees that up and it allows you to show all the different aspects that go into romance. And sex is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think to it's, pretend it's a, otherwise good, is just wrong. Yeah. That's a good, that's actually, I even heard it like that, put like that. But, you're, you know, you're right. Oh, go ahead. Go Dawn. No, I I agree. I mean, I think that um, erotica is more visceral than than romance, um, and I think you you were talking about how um, very often that obligatory sex scene, that OSS that people shove in, is is not real. Right. To borrow that word, and and um, erotica is just much more organic if it's done properly. You know, it, it just really flows out of the characters in the situation and, and their interactions with each other. Celie? Yes. Do, do you um, have a feeling on, on what I, you feel about Erotica? What, you, you know, you feel the differences? Um, I just think that uh, romance writers do a great disservice in terms of relationships by keeping the erotic aspects of it out of their books. I, I think it the the whole thing about um, I mean what am I trying to say? It's been a long day. Um, I just no think no I, right, I know what you're trying to say because you're right right because I think that sometimes writers do tend to say I don't want to go that far, you know, and right. because then it puts them in a category that you know e- even if you want to write sweet romance, let's just say. I in my head go, oh, can I even swear? I mean, it's like, is that real? You know, and then, you know, because when you watch, like, in the movies that and, and the station does really good is Hallmark, you know, their, their movies, you know, and I'm thinking yeah. sometimes they need a little spice in their dialogue and they need to kiss more than once at the end of the movie, you know. Exactly. So I think Would that, you marry somebody you, have, you haven't had sex with? I, I guess I have to throw that out there. But that's not reality. <laughs> Right, and the homework you don't, you don't go rules. from the first if you walk down the aisle. 
Well, <laughs> on Hallmark you right. do. On Hallmark you do. I know. You, you do. <laughs> and see, that's what makes it hard is for the writer. If they add that, then they do get in another market. And then people actually right. get aggravated, which is ridiculous because it is part of a relationship. You know, and I've had authors in in the show now that have been doing books and now then they went they thought they'll try the religious market, but they're very strict in that. They want a romance, mm-hmm. but go figure that out. I mean, you know, that could be hard. <laughs> you know, and you cannot nothing. So it's not you're right. I think the way you the way we're talking about it now is yeah, it's not real then. You know, if that, right. but they don't allow for that for the author, and I don't know who's reading this book. Well, I, I guess I do know who's reading the books if they don't want, you know. But if you can't swear, I mean, life is like that. People do swear. This is how it goes. People swear. They have sex. They do what you know, and they have you know the relationships. I was you know saying before, like I was a very big, I still am, you know. I watch TV all the time, and I watch, like, sometimes I, we got Hulu. And so now that Hulu has some of the old shows, like I used to watch, like, say, Sisters and Brothers. And I was shocked. And I didn't remember it when I watched it the first time, that they, they tackled every issue that is going on now. And you if you just put it out now, it would be the same. You wouldn't even know it was then. And that's a while ago. I think it was like 12 years. And that was shocking to me because they have everything that's happening now and accepted, and that was then. So it was pretty bold of them to do that, but they did it. And without even when you watch it over again, you say, geez, how did they get that through? Because that was on, I think it was ABC, you know. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's right. They're real. Stories and yeah, the first real time life. I saw the Dick, the first time I saw the Dick Van Dyke show, they slept in twin beds, slept yeah. beds. Yeah. And I remember going to my parents and asking how come they didn't sleep in separate beds. Right, right. right. <laughs> so I, I always kind of proposed yeah, I asked the wrong question. <laughs> yeah, I love Lucy. I it was like that when they had Lucy and Ricky yeah, in right. twin beds, yeah, without yeah. Using popsicles. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that, that yeah. was because that that was. T- that was that was if not well they were that was required. I mean there was mm-hmm. yeah right. every. Yeah. I mean, it, but it, it also conveys a reality yeah. that people just assume that that's what's real. Right. Well, I but think it's, right. it's, it's very different now. But the but you know some of the you know some of the networks allow a lot of things to go on and some of the networks don't you know and uh, and right. Netflix does and HBO and some of the stuff you watch you go like you can't even imagine that it's on TV you know you're going like really because <laughs> there is a lot of different things on TV that you can't even you know that people could never imagine being on TV watching you know well, but you know just, what I object to second is nature to the the naked women running around then they're just there because they're naked you know it's it's just mm-hmm. kind of gratuitous there's no rhyme or reason and it it really doesn't affect the story one way or another um i don't mind yeah. when there's sex involved in the story because that's real right but right. like i and said that when is, there's it, it just is. a bunch just of bikini babies you know running around you just kind of go well, what the heck right you know and right and i you know in in a lot of my story well the age, because I have in my romantic comedies, I do have multi-generation, you know, people, characters in it. And I do think that uh, people need to see not only young people, older people. I mean, there's no age to falling in love and having relationships. So I think that a lot of times people feel like, you know, and young people can read, old, you know, people for another generation's books and the older can be the younger. I mean, that's the way it should be you know, where we can all read each other's books and say this is good and just take it for the story, not to say, like, this is for one group and that's for another group. You know, it is nice to write. It's a nice, good love story, a relationship story, family story. I mean, that's what it is, and that's what, as authors, I think it becomes difficult because there are so many people out there criticizing everybody for everything now, and that makes the... Oh, yeah. Authors worried, I think, and also people on TV. You know, you you can do that's you know you don't know how far you can go or how far you know back you shouldn't go. You know what you shouldn't do. You know, and that is hard to think about all those things. So you just have to really kind of write the best you the best story you can, and not worry about other things. 
Well, that's true. And, At the end know, of the day, it has to be yes. something that satisfies you. Yes. You know, um, I think as authors, that's one of the things that is a good thing. And if you try to write for other people and, you know, what they think, you do lose some of your character's perspective, you know, because they they're who you're writing for. You're writing your characters as a story. And those are the people that you have to be, at the end of the day, when the story's over, you should be satisfied that they either made the right right choice or you're going to maybe have a series where they can come back from the wrong choice, you know, and just go on. Yeah. Well, you also get books that just tick boxes. You know, that, that um, uh, you know, I, I was reading a, a book, um, and I actually really liked the book, but the main character was biracial and one-legged, yeah. um, bisexual. Like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it, it wasn't even necessary, you know, but it, it just felt like a lot of box ticking. Like, she, she yeah. just had to get all of this in here. And it really wasn't part of that that character, you know, it didn't define right. which her. Gets back to, you know, right, right, which gets back to what Dick said, that, that he's absolutely right in, you know, Emily in Paris, that there was absolutely, that had no reason to be in that at all. It didn't bring it forward, nothing. It was just, it, it was that you almost say, like, why, you know, for what reason? And you're right about that, Dick, because and that is what happened. They just put it in, I think, too. Yeah, but you said you're working on this vampire lawyer thing, which sounds fascinating. Uh, it's like a, a vampire shark. Um, shark <laughs> it is. It shark is. He's a vampire stud. Having lived with, having created this character and lived with this character, and you know, like I said, I, I, I he's a terrible romantic. He's basically at, at, at heart, I'm a terrible romantic. And uh, you know, he's he, he's 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 a flirt. He's he's into he, he envisions seduction at every turn. And I'm 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 building this whole thing up for decades, right? And then a friend of mine, John Dimes, writes a short story where he analyzes what a vampire is, and he says. Uh, Dick, you realize the count is impotent. And I'm going, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, think about it. The vampires, they suck blood. They take in blood to live through their digestive system. Therefore, they have no blood pressure. Therefore, guess what? The hydraulics don't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that, that's actually taking that to a whole new level. A whole new level of well, the oh hydraulics might not work, but I would say the hydraulics might not work, but there are many other ways to make love to a man or a woman than, than right. just yeah, one way. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But it's not exactly. at all. <laughs> and you heard it here. You heard it here. They <laughs> say, right? <laughs> this is what happens, you know, and that's the good thing about life. You know, like right now, I mean, you know, we're nearing the end of the show, but it's like everybody writes a little different, but at the end of the day, we're authors and we write to and have a good story out there, you know, and that's really what we do, you know, and um, we try to write the the real part of life, you know, and even if people do think that if it's too sexy, but it is part of life. And, you know, I, I like the part where you say real because that's a good way to describe it. It's real. It's what people do. And to say they don't do it is that's almost not real. You know, when you think of it that terms, you know. I so think I you think do was, a disservice to people when you when you write things that aren't real. I just feel like yeah. we have an obligation in our story okay. to, to make things real. Yeah. Even when they're fans, if it's not real, the reader will see right through it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You don't want to disappoint your readers. <laughs> no, you do. No, you really don't. You know, and you really want. You know, I think that one of the things that authors like is like you know, and I think Dick, you do too. You like when people recognize what you do. You know, and we're all happy when someone says, "Oh, I like what you do." You know, and that we all, who can say they don't like that? You know, we oh, all like nobody. That. Everyone. Likes Right, yeah. and so I think, you know, if people sometimes don't want to, you know, talk to, they'll say, you know, they might not want to say the, that they really like your work, which is really sad, because they do, you know, and that's why when people do do things like 
you know, on Facebook, you know, talking negative about someone, that really isn't the way it is. You know, because I think as authors, for sure, we all want each other to succeed because it's a good thing. It has nothing to do with us. It's like there's a market is huge out there, you know. And so don't be jealous of somebody because they get one more great review that you did. You know, just kind of like go for it and say, gee, this is really good that this person got this review. Mm-hmm. You know, where I still, after all these shows, cannot understand how people have thousand reviews. I just don't. I mean, to this day, I cannot. You know, I don't know how people get such, and they do, I guess. You know, but they have. I just don't know. You know, no one's going to read through a thousand reviews. So just be happy. You know, if you don't get, you know, because a lot of people have been on the show and they're upset about their reviews, and just write a good story and don't worry about your reviews as much because. They're gonna. They might be taken off anyway. Just if you, you know, if somebody likes something of yours and they tell you that. So I think if you like a story, just tell the, you know, tell the author that you like it. Send him a message, you know, and I think that they'll feel happy if you know rather than even a review. Sometimes just say, I really loved your book. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a good thing to do, yeah. you know. And yeah, a lot of times, I, I think, yeah. Go ahead. We we all want. We all want to be successful, but we shouldn't go into it for the money. Right. You go into it to exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. right. You know, and that, that's true. And you know, and if you do, you find out that you're not going to be making what you think. You know, people <laughs> do think that authors, you know, be on Amazon and they take a lot of money, and then everywhere else you are, you know, and you know, we have to sell our books for less than actually that we actually should. Because you know, I had once had an author on here. I kind of leave it like this. The is that. Somebody was on here and they're saying they spent four or five dollars for a coffee, okay? And they won't spend two dollars for a book. They want it if it's a, if, if it's not ninety nine cents or free or you know, and if it's mm-hmm. three ninety nine, they're going to complain and wait for it to be free. So I think that as authors, we know this, you know. And a lot of us, I'm sure, all of us have given out many free books to people because that's what authors do. You know, we do this. You know, and it's a really generous community, I think, you know, with each other, you know, and everybody gets along pretty good when they're on the shows, you know, that's why when Elizabeth and I do shows, you know, and it's such fun to hear all these people, these are different views. I have, I take notes all the time of what, you know, and I got this uh, reel. I think that's a, I got that note down here for Radica reel. So that, yeah, I have to write something down. That's how I remember it forever. But I think that's, you know, we all take away different things from what people said. So is there any last words that anybody would like to say before everybody gives their, where they can find their books or their shows? Well, I was going to say that my, the most successful book I almost wrote was entitled, okay. <laughs> uh, being a horror host, for fame and fortune. And of course it was nothing but blank pages because you can't <laughs> forget it. <laughs> Simplest book to ever write, just a title page. Here you're you're more than just a whole, you're like it, you're very you're very funny and that's why people like you and you know you you actually you are real. So that's really so I guess you could say you're erotic then if you're real, right? And <laughs> <laughs> you can add that to I'm your. I'm not sure I can take that at this time of the afternoon. Oh. You can add right. that to I'm, your I'm, resume. I'm, you can add that to your resume now. <laughs> I well, I'm just gonna, I'm going to throw my plug in right now and let and let, yeah. let everyone else get theirs because it's real simple. Okay. Stop by countgore.com. Every Saturday okay. night we have a new show, and then we also have a Roku channel, Count Gore Duval Presents, which changes every month. So it's every month it's ten new videos and every every week it's new new programs at Concord dot com and that's my that's my marketing. And, and this is a big month for you. This is your month. October. <laughs> yes it is. Halloween. Yes it is. Halloween, which is going to yeah. be a kind of a bummer this year, but that's okay. I know. No kidding. It really is not good. All right. And okay, Celie? Um, I'm on all social media, so it's very easy to find me. Um, it's S E E E L I E K K A Y. Um, I almost spelled it. I almost spelled it wrong on there. Elizabeth told me I spelled it wrong because that's one of my one of my best features is spelling <laughs> the names right. People on the show, <laughs> Elizabeth. I have Elizabeth to watch it, and she goes, "You spelled this wrong." I go, "Okay, fine. I'll fix it. I'll fix it." Okay. And I just want to plug <laughs> two upcoming books. Um, the Vampire Lawyer Romance is called First We Kill All the Lawyers. 
And then I have a Christmas book coming out that's called The Last Christmas, which is uh, it's going to pull at your heartstrings. Yeah, that looks like a sweet book. It did. That's a sweet. That looked very sweet. The cover and all that looks sweet. Uh, Dawn, um, I'm also on all social media, um, and you can find me at um, D S B E H E L on all of them. I know it looks like to hell, but it's still. And I know. <laughs> um, I, my my short story um, are the narrator is not who you think she is, and so it's my twisted little um, southern gothic coming out for Halloween. It'll be released on the thirtieth. It's exciting, Elizabeth. Okay, well, I'm obviously I'm Elizabeth Black, and I'm on I'm on Twitter, and not not that much, but I'm, I'm much more on Facebook. And my website is elizabethablack. And I have updates about all my books, and you can sign up for my newsletter there. And the book I'd want to recommend right now is Happily Ever After, Twisted Versions of Your Favorite Fairy Tales, and a book that came out a couple of months ago, Full Moon Fever, which is my um, shifter. You know, paranormal romance. And of course, there's Trouble Inside High Boots, which is Puss in Boots and Climbing Her Tower, which is Rapunzel. And they're the uh, erotic romance books that I have out right now. It's like it's all, it's everybody's like Rapunzel. We're trying to get out now. It's like Rapunzel, let down her hair. <laughs> like we like to get down also. Right, and uh, you can find me at Marsha Casper Cook. I actually have a show tomorrow, as I said, at the same time, 4 o'clock. And uh, I enjoyed the show so much, and um, it was a lot of fun. So I hope everybody enjoyed themselves, and I hope you'll come back soon. And uh, you're always welcome to email me, and if you want to come on, just let me know. I'll make room. So thank you all, Wonderful. and everybody have a good night. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Woke up this morning.